Thank you for joining us for Seton Reflections, a podcast brought to you by the National Shrine of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Emmonsburg, Maryland. You can read these reflections at setonshrine.org or subscribe to these weekly emails and get them sent directly to your inbox. This week, our episode is called The Fearlessness of St. Agnes and Mother Seton and is written by Caitlin Sika. Being a Christian in the Roman Empire during the first three centuries of the church meant you were willing to be radically countercultural, even if so doing resulted in your death. In fact, this time period is often referred to as the era of the martyrs. As worshipers of pagan gods, the Romans often refused to permit Christians to profess their faith openly. However, if Christians were compliant in making public sacrifices to the Roman gods, emperors would turn a blind eye to what went on behind closed doors. Many Christians refused to engage in this duplicity. But if they rejected social norms, they dishonored the emperor. Thus, the harshest punishments were reserved for them. Consequently, Diocletian began to order a series of edicts in an attempt to banish Christianity at all costs. The Great Persecution, or Diocletian Persecution, which lasted from 303 to 311 AD, was the last and most severe of all the Roman persecutions. Thousands of Christians were killed under the wrath of Diocletian. Many were burned alive, including the virgin and martyr St. Agnes. Though little is known about St. Agnes's life, she is one of the earliest women to be honored by the church as a saint. According to tradition, Agnes lived in Rome around the turn of the third century. Some claim she was born into a Christian family, while other sources maintain that she was Roman nobility, the only Christian among her pagan family members. What is known is that Agnes was martyred, likely around the age of 12 or 13, asserting that she longed only to be the bride of Christ. Fittingly, her name in Greek means pure. Her name also became associated with the Latin word Agnes, which means lamb. Thus, she is often depicted holding a lamb a symbol of purity and of Christ, the Paschal Lamb. In many ways, we too are living in a pagan culture not unlike that of St. Agnes. The gods we are asked to publicly worship are not Roman gods, but the gods of wealth, success, sports, work, fame, sex, busyness, technology, and so on. Anything that will bring us comfort. In our society, suffering has been demonized, something to be avoided at all costs. Amidst such hedonism, the cross is gravely misunderstood and ultimately rejected. Since the choice to follow Christ is radically different, it makes others uncomfortable. Though we are not burned at the stake for our decisions that go against the grain, we do face persecution in various forms. Like Agnes and the Christians of the early church, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton was unafraid to live counterculturally and embrace the Paschal mystery. Life, she knew, was comprised of suffering and death, but because of the cross, the glory of the resurrection was also promised. She writes that we receive our Lord by the communion of the cross. In receiving his cross, we are not to look at what it is made of, that is, on the nature of our sufferings, it being a mystery. We are to look only at the interior virtue, not the exterior form. 
the form of its afflictions carries eternal consolations. When our Savior offers us his cross in any way, it is himself. Despite bearing many crosses, sickness, death of loved ones, ridicule from family members for her conversion to Catholicism and poverty, Elizabeth consistently chose to see these as opportunities to encounter the Lord. I can't help but think that the unanimous cry to put 2020 behind us was in part because we have forgotten, or perhaps never learned, how to embrace and live the Paschal mystery as Saints Agnes and Elizabeth Ann Seton did. Each of us bears crosses. Some are visible, and many are not, and some are more burdensome and heavier than others. The truth is, we will probably experience other hard times. Perhaps some of us have already lived through periods that were more difficult than these past 12 months. God does not promise a life without suffering, but he does promise that when we turn to him, he will help bear the cross, lighten our yoke, and give us rest. We cannot have the glory of the resurrection without the pain of the cross. We cannot have eternal life without first enduring death. It is the great paradox of our faith.